0: Uh, fellowshipping fellowship in the same spirit amen uh, you can be seated tonight so good to see everyone here in the house of the lord i'm going to be, uh, be not long <laughs> in my my comments i have some couple of thoughts some some puzzle pieces as as the lord sort of gives them to me that i want to share and uh Pretty cool concepts, principles here. If you have your Bible, you want to follow me real quickly. Exodus chapter 35. So we'll start Exodus chapter 35, verse 4. Of course, Exodus, the children of Israel, is, is they were exited, they exited Egypt, and uh, all through Exodus, there's things happening, the plan of God's being given, the law, and, and the plan of the, for the tabernacle, and, and feasts, and all these things, and so 35 and 4 says, Moses spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, this is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, take you from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. So the other translations say, take a free will offering. So it's, it's up to you, what which, which you want to bring, what you want to give. Uh, of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offer of the offer of the Lord, gold, silver, brass, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen and goat's hair. Ram skins, dyed red, badger skins, shittim wood, oil for light, spices for anointing oil for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and goes on and on a little bit there. All these parts and pieces that would be used for, for the building of the tabernacle, right? And um, so then turn with me one chapter to 36. 36, and we'll start with verse 2. So Moses gave him that command, said, here's kind of the things that we need, some supplies we need. Um, if it's as small as some grain or, or this thing, you bring it. But if it's whatever you can bring, and it's, it's a free will offering. So there's no pressure. And then Exodus 36, verse 2. Moses called, uh, however you say this name, Be- Bezalel and Ahol- Aholiab. You say it with an accent. It sounds like you're, you know what you're talking about. And every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom even upon one whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. Uh, And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it withal. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning. And all the wise men that brought all the work of the sanctuary came, every man from his work which they made. Verse 5, they spoke unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave command, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. For the stuff which they had was sufficient all the work to make it and too much so they would brought, they'd brought enough and, and some can just imagine the receptacles <laughs> have some family in the south and when they take offering they say the, re- the receptacles are, <laughs> are up front I can just imagine the receptacles overflowing with uh, all those things that were brought for the work of the tabernacle uh, so turn with me to, and jump a little bit in time here, 1 Kings chapter 8. And you'll see a pattern here that that was, that was for the work of the tabernacle and the uh, building of it there. And then 1 Kings chapter 8. So now they've moved into a little bit of different dispensation. Um, David has well first Saul, and then David was king, and and now it's now it's uh, Solomon's time to be king. And during during David's reign, he had the desire in his heart to make a house for the Lord. And um, if you've heard the story, the Lord tells him, "Well, you know you've." You shed a little bit too much blood, that, and gives him a couple reasons why he can't do that. But he said, "But you can, you can start the process and start the work of. I'll let you have a role in preparing some of the things, bringing some of the things together for that for that process. Uh, and then the that desire, that responsibility was passed down to Solomon, David's son. And so, First Kings eight and verse five. Um, Solomon, he begins that work with gold, with silver, with much of the same materials from the tabernacle. He begins to make now a, a house for the Lord there in Israel. They're no longer mobile in the, in the way that they were in, in the uh, wilderness, where the tabernacle was literally just a tent and uh, all the furniture within it. And, and uh, it was made so that it could be transported. Whether it was one day, put it up, and then the next day the pillar moved, and then you've got to tear it down, move it. Um, it, was, it was part of the plan of God to be mobile. But now they're, they're here in, in Israel, and so Solomon wants to make, make a more permanent place, a permanent abode. Verse 5, King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. Catch that. So they're sacrificing here. Um, they brought the. Before this they brought the ark of the covenant. Uh, from the city of David. And they're bringing it here. To be prepared to be set into this house of the Lord. And. and um, Solomon realizes. You know what. For this. Tabernacle. Or for this. For this uh, temple to be dedicated. We should make some sacrifices. And similar in a way there in Exodus with the the uh, preparing of the tabernacle they brought so much that they had to make them stop and I don't know I don't think it says that it couldn't be numbered but it was it was too much it was in abundance and here Solomon he's he's sacrificing the sheep the oxen it was and here it was so much that the number couldn't be told because of the multitude and then verse 10 Just sort of a result of this, this sacrifice. It came to pass that when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. And so God responded to their giving. He responded to their willingness to to bring sacrificially, and without wonder, without question of the number, of the cost. And if we would have kept reading there in Exodus, I think it's chapter forty. Um, a similar thing happens: the glory of the Lord comes down on the on the tabernacle to the point where the priests couldn't even be inside because it was so overwhelming. This glory of God resting upon. That place of, of worship, and it started with with offering. Started with a free will opportunity and chance to to bring and to give. Man, bring this a little bit more close to home. One of our the book of our faith, you could call it uh, Acts, chapter two. Like we're as Pentecostals. And I, I love the Old Testament. For me, I I always try to see the patterns from the New to the Old Testament, but I think us, us as Pentecostals, sometimes we can get a little comfortable with Old Testament stuff because, you know, we're like, well, we're part of a New Covenant, so all that stuff doesn't apply as much. And so we sit back a little bit more relaxed, but then when it gets into Acts and the Gospels, we kind of get nervous. So... I'm going to make us nervous. <laughs> Acts chapter two, verse forty-four. Of course, Acts chapter two, just a few verses before, is the conception of of the church. Um, suddenly, the the Holy Ghost is poured out there in the upper room as as they're waiting, as they're tarrying in obedience to to God as. As he ascended, he told them, go and, and tarry in Jerusalem because the, the promise that I gave made to you is it's going to come to you. And, of course, he was good for his word. It happened. They received the Holy Ghost. And, and then Peter, he, he preaches the famous Acts 238 message. Um, and then it continues. And verse 44, all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. And did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved." So it's interesting, this pattern that we see here, when, when the tabernacle is going to be established and built, there's this offering that is brought, and to the point where they had to tell the people to stop bringing, because it was in such abundance. And then when the, when the temple, Solomon's temple, was being built, being established and dedicated and just a few chapters later there too in Kings, Solomon makes another sacrifice and it, it gives some of the numbers of the animals that he sacrifices. And it's it's somewhere in the hundreds of thousands of animals that he sacrifices, dedicating this temple, this, this house of worship to the Lord. And even though there was a number at, at that point, I think the principle is still true that we can't put a price tag, we can't put a number on the work of god on the on the thing that god is building and the thing that god is establishing and in the old testament it was the tabernacle plan and then with solomon it was solomon's temple and then here it's it's a temple but it's a temple not made with hands right but it's the temple of the holy ghost it's it's our bodies and it starts it starts in the same way though of us bringing an offering to the Lord and saying, you know what, God, I don't know what the cost is. It may be maybe persecution. It may be continuing under the the reign of, of Rome. And even though when Jesus resurrected, they wanted him to they wanted him to set up his earthly kingdom at that point because they said, man, this would be a great time for a new dispensation, a new reign and rulership but instead, they, they had all things common with each other. And they fulfilled the needs of, of the body where they saw fit. And, um, of course, we, we could look, look more here, too, if, if you look at Acts chapter 4. The same thing just continues to happen. I think it's verse uh, 32. Yeah, verse 32, Acts chapter 4. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. Did you catch that? that? Nothing that they had or possessed, they said, was their own. They had no ownership of anything that belonged to them. But they had all things common once again. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all, neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold, laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Amen. You pray with me for just a moment. I'm almost done tonight. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you, Jesus, for the patterns, for your principles, God, and the word of of giving of of what you will do and we give unto you. Jesus, do a work in our hearts, do a work in our minds. I pray that we would have no ownership, Jesus, of anything that belongs to us. Jesus' name. The last, the last thing here that I want to say is I, that I feel like the Lord, for me personally at least, is, has been talking to me about these things for is, of course, we live, we live not of this world, but we live in this world. And even though we're not of the world, sometimes the things in the world tends to affect us and I've talked about it for for a while now that if we if we focus on what we see in in the natural, then it's going to affect our faith and it's going to harm our faith. Um, but the reality is that in the world right now that there's there's potential for for people losing their jobs, or for a change in jobs, a change in employment—however you want to look at that—there's there's fear in, in some people of of what may happen with their work circumstance. And already, different individual I, individuals I know of who've you know tried for certain exemptions and uh, been denied, and and so they've they've left their job, right? And um, Maybe not for all of us necessarily, but for many of us, this may be sort of a looming reality uh, that could be right it could be a month away. who knows we don't know we don't know what tomorrow holds. we don't know what the details are, we don't know what to expect but but the principle is has not only been giving that the Lord's been dealing with me about, which if you catch anything tonight, do catch that catch the. You need to be a giver. Um, you're never going to go wrong, no matter how tight the pocketbook, you're never going to go wrong giving into the kingdom of God um, because he's just going to continue to multiply it. But what I feel like that um, the Lord's been speaking to me is, I, I popped open this article a week ago, and, uh, and it was like the Lord spoke to me in the moment that I read the headline, because um, i 'm sure we we're all aware about the uh the port situations and and uh all these shipping containers and and vessels that can 't port they can 't offload their cargo because because um, there 's not enough room in the ports one but also because there 's not enough drivers there are not there 's not enough people to offload the boats just it 's just the domino effect and in in this moment that I popped open that article, I think the headline was. That there's some like half a million shipping containers just sitting in, in the harbors, uh, waiting to be unloaded, and and that's that's not ships, that's individual containers, but still, it's a of, that's a lot of a lot of merchandise. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that we need in different places. And what I felt like the Lord spoke to me in that moment was that there's not a there's not a lack of resources. And we, again, we can look at that in the natural. We can look at that in the spiritual. Me, I, I try to tend to look at it in the spiritual. And what I felt like he was saying is there's not a lack of resources in my kingdom. But what there's a lack of is, is laborers. <laughs> we have, we have the, and there's so much more in scripture I could look at and read. We have the, we have the power of the Holy Ghost and all that's imparted to us when we receive the Holy Ghost and gifts of the Spirit, the working of the Spirit and the Gospel and this whole book, <laughs> the resources of this book that we have. And so many times, and Brother Kendrick talked about it, I, I hadn't even really thought of this or made this connection, but so many times we do as Christians, kind of put the gospel message in our barn. <laughs> we, we, put, we store it away and, and hide it in a place that we know it'll be safe. And, or the man with the talents, we put it in the ground knowing that we have a hard master and we don't want him to come back and be disappointed that we gained <laughs> with what he gave us. But the resources in the kingdom of God are not lacking. And that goes for in the spiritual and also in the natural. Because it doesn't matter what's on the shelves in the grocery store. It doesn't matter what's in your pantry. It doesn't matter what's even in your bank account. Because God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. God, he holds the hearts of kings in his hands. And he can turn them in an instant and in a moment if he chooses. And if all of us have no jobs tomorrow... <laughs> Where's our faith lie? Where's our confidence in? Is it in the the provision or the god of this world or is it in the the god who as Elder Flowers talked about, he's the god who sees, he's the god who is our salvation. He's he's the god for whatever it is that we need. And we've heard and the Lord's been kind of dealing with me about this thought. We've we've heard it over and over these last few years that This is, these are unprecedented times, right? That's the, that's like the word of the century. (laughs) It's unprecedented. But the Lord kind of stopped me and challenged me this week and said, "Even, even though it's unprecedented and that we've never lived through it personally, we always have a precedent because we have the word of God. And so, yeah, we might not see any pandemics in Scripture. We might not see any whatever you fill in the blank. There might not be COVID in the Bible, um, but every every precedent that we need can be found in Scripture. Every and what I mean by that is every every pattern for what we should base our life, what we should see the filter of see through as our filter is in the Word of God. And I have a a precedent that God is the provider. We have a precedent that God sees and knows the condition of his people in the church. You see it in in Exodus. God saw and knew. He heard the cry of the children of Israel as they were oppressed. In the book of Acts, God knew what they were going through under the Roman Empire. And he saw and allowed his, his very disciples and apostles to suffer and go through things, but it was for his name's sake. And again, I, I, I'll say it again, and as it said in Exodus, the more that they were afflicted, the more that they multiplied. And so as the church, whether it's, whether it's natural possessions or spiritual things, we can't get caught up in this preservation mentality. Whether it's preservation of our, of our goods or self-preservation of ourself, obviously. <laughs> but we can't get stuck in this preservation mindset. We have to know that, man, the more that I give, the more that I give, the more that it's gonna come back to me. And not just come back to me, not come back to me for my good, but come back to the kingdom of God. We're never gonna get flipped upside down by giving. But we can give our way out of some circumstances. We can give our way out of some trials, some difficulties. Amen. And Bishop, turn this to you.
1: Praise God. Nice to be here. Uh, Elder Flowers sent out a link to uh, some teaching by Mark Kendrick. How many heard it? How many were able to watch it, listen to it? A portion. I would encourage you to get that link from Elder Flowers if you have not or misplaced it or something. I think he entitled it uh, Ownership Versus Stewardship. You know, it's one thing to teach a principle that you read about. It's another thing to teach a principle that you own because of experience that you have been through. Uh, It's filled with, your teaching is filled with conviction, passion, spirit of truth. When you own, okay, Now, I'll tell you a little bit about Brother Kendrick. He lost his job. He had a good-paying job, really well-paying job. And uh, they did something funny and got him unemployed. And I remember early on as he began to try to manage his assets because it seemed like doors were not opening, I told him, I said, Mark, I don't think this is going to be a short-term deal. I think he's going to take you all the way. What that meant was he's going to reduce all of your assets to zero. And maybe go into the deficit. Well, you know, you, you try to take courage and you want to have faith. And then he month after month after month turned into a year and longer I don't remember the actual a year and longer what I remember was he came down to he was expecting to lose his condominium he would poured a lot of money into okay it, it was the Lord taking him through an experience. Now, if you've not been through that one, if you've not taken that class, it may be just ahead somewhere. Tremendous value. Now, if you'll take the time and listen and discern the spirit of what you're hearing. Now, he owns it. And what God revealed to him is a powerful principle. Not just for now and not just for the past, but for the go forward. I would encourage you to get the link. Hear the message. Okay? Now. I thought Sunday's message was powerful. Who is God? (laughs) And thorough, thorough and deep and revealing and convicting. And I appreciate every time that I can hear and listen and uh, receive that ministry and know the ministry that's taking place here. Okay. I want to talk to you just for a minute, maybe two, not much longer. It's probably the ninth chapter of Acts, I think. Maybe we can go and look. The ninth chapter of Acts. It's the account of the man Saul. Saul was very popular for the wrong reasons. I mean, he was, everybody knew him, but it wasn't good. Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest, desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round him a light from heaven. Now, I'm going to paraphrase from this point forward. I don't want to take up your time reading all this. The Lord stopped Saul on the road. He had a Damascus Road experience. He did not hear the gospel from a preacher. He didn't hear it from a teacher. He didn't go to Sunday school, attend a church, or any kind of a home meeting. It was the Lord that stopped him in his tracks on the road and intervened into his life. Now, you don't read that very oftentimes. times, maybe no other time, in the Scripture. The gospel was shared one to another, and in small settings, and uh, uh, one-on-one, and different with believers. But this particular scenario took place when the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and so Saul says, you know, he realizes, whoa, something's happening here, and says, "Who, who are you? Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. So, he begins this intervention in this man's life. He says, Go to Damascus. It will be told to you there what you need to do. Need to do? What are you talking about? I'm the Pharisee of Pharisees. I'm the You know, I've had the best of teachers, best of school. No, it will be told to you what you need to do. Okay, he goes to Damascus. His eyes are blinded. He can't see. He's led there to a place, to a house. And then God visits another person. A guy by the name of Ananias. Ananias resists the petition of the Lord for him to go and pray for this man. And the Lord says to Ananias, he's a chosen vessel unto me. I'm going to show him (laughs) how many things he's going to suffer for my name's sake. But he says, he has had a dream. And in the dream, he sees a man coming to him by the name of Ananias. Do you mean the Lord really, like, chooses out a guy and says, there's a guy. I'm going to send him your way, or I'm going to send you to him or them, or whatever the case is. The Lord actually chooses people. He showed us this in Acts 9. That you're the messenger. You're the one to lay hands on. You're the one I'm sending you. And he revealed it in such a way that he said, he already has your name. (laughs) I can't send Peter. I can't send James. I can't send John. Because he already had the dream that I gave him and showed him the name of the man that was coming. But wait a minute. Peter lives closer to him. You know, John hangs out in that neighborhood. I'm going to have to go across the bridge and pay a toll. I'm not going to reiterate the whole story, but for the two years that we went back and forth to Florida to the Guzman family, and then we thought we were moving to Florida, and I made one more trip. I needed to know, is this about South Florida, or is this about a family? And I made the trip, rented a car, drove into Miami, and in 30 minutes I knew. This has nothing to do with South Florida. It has everything to do with a family. And God had sent me there for two years once a month to a family. Now, several times, three times, three times, I introduced that family to a local church. And it lasted about four weeks. And then I would go back and say, well, let's go try over here. That last two weeks. Man, for a while, they were driving up to a place called Jupiter, Florida. Jupiter, Florida. Look it up. Google it. Most, exp- the, the, It is the richest zip code in America. Jupiter, Florida. It was an hour and a half north of Fort Lauderdale. I made a trip down there, preached for the pastor that was there. And the Guzman's connected there for, I don't know. As soon as they started to get, take possession of them, <laughs> they left and were gone. And I gave up on it. And I remember asking the Lord, what, why, why did you involve me in this situation? I'm 4,000 miles from them. I got plenty of responsibilities. And this is what the Lord said. If I just wanted to get them saved, I would have connected them with one of those local pastors. It's about the relationship. I have chosen you. I have chosen them. And there is to be a connection. You cannot pass it off to somebody else. I wanted to. I dealt with a lot of criticism. Schoonover, what's the matter with you? Why do you? What are you doing? Going back and forth to Florida? You're in Seattle. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. So Ananias comes to the resolve after communing with God. I am the one that you chose. be tasked with this assignment with this individual okay now i'll bring it up to real close here i shared with you a week or so ago got a call from brother bartell there's this guy who knows a guy and he lives in kent i went to starbucks i sat down with him i talked to him i realized Wow, this guy is truly in repentance. And God visited him in his car. Oh, his cousin sh- sent me a graphic yesterday. He said, This is how it all started. This is what the trigger was. He was buying something at a smoke shop. And when the receipt came back to him, it was $6.66. And there was something in his mind that it it triggered and set him off. And then God visited him. And he began to repent. He went and got a haircut, shaved, cleaned himself up, bought a Bible. Anything that he could come up with that he felt like would turn away from where he had been headed. Now to God, right? And so a week later, I have a second visit with him. On the second visit, when he walks in the door of Starbucks, I got to do a double take. Is that him? It doesn't even look like him. It was the same guy seven days apart. There was such a dramatic change that had come over his visage. His demeanor. I mean he bounced into Starbucks like a light bulb. And I thought this is the guy who repented. This is true repentance. He ain't been baptized or filled with the Holy Ghost. What's today? Tuesday? Sunday, he came to church in Puyallup with his family. And friends. And cousins. And before song service was over, he received the baptism. Woo! And at the end of service, we baptize him in Jesus' name. This morning, I get a text from his cousin and says, man, his wife is really coming along. She's really moving fast. And he's sharing all these texts that he's getting from them. And and, and Forrest called him and he said he was speaking in tongues on the phone and laughing. And he said, is this normal? <laughs> this is the real deal. So anyway, he, the cousin says to me, is there somebody that you can, you know, get to uh, connect with them? See, they've they, they want to move to Tennessee. They sold their house yesterday. They are leaving the 26th to go to Tennessee. I thought that might change. It hasn't changed. So we got this window of a few days with them. Maybe a week. And the cousin says, is there somebody... That you could connect with them, that could go and spend some time with them, you know, before they leave. And, and maybe she'll get baptized and get the Holy Ghost and, you know. And so I'm thinking, okay, yeah, okay. So I get on the phone and I call. And, and while I'm talking, I'm thinking, no, I don't have confidence in that person. And uh, is there anybody, you know, committed? (laughs) And the person on the other end of the phone says the connection was with you. I know it. But it is a two-hour drive. (laughs) You know, two years flying to Florida every month. Six months driving to Wapato every month over the past. And so I resolved in about 20 minutes, I need to go to Maple Valley tomorrow night. I need to spend this time. I believe God has purpose and plan with this couple. And so... That doesn't make it any different, but I have to remain committed. Now, I'm saying that because I was reflecting earlier. There's a statement that keeps coming back to me that Elder Flowers made at the close of a service here a few weeks ago about availability. You remember that? How many remembers that statement? How many remembers hearing that? Keep your hand up. Okay. you, You really have good hearing. You're very comprehensive. No, it was the Holy Ghost that was saying it. And it registered with your spirit. Because I felt it. It was the Holy Ghost talking about availability. Are you available? And every person has to answer that for themselves. The Bible says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so, I would hope that there are many here that have a grasp on the doctrine of Christ. The gospel. Death, burial, resurrection. Repentance, water, baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost. And and are able in the scripture to show somebody and to tell somebody to have communication to witness, to testify. Years ago, by the leading of the Lord, we start we opened a school. We opened a school in Puyallup. We we started with some 40 students. Majority of them were children and young people from the families in the church. It was a great school. South Sound Christian Academy. We have graduates in the room from South Sound Christian Academy. It was a powerful ministry. It affected all of the families. It affected the church. But those kids all grew up and graduated. We came to a point where the majority of those that were there were families not associated with the church. But it was eating up the energy of the staff time Sunday rolled around. They were sad. That's right. It ate up there. And they were busy. They were so busy all week long then home with their family. Busy, 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 busy. When it came time for ministry. So there had to be a judgment call made buck stops here we close the school what did we have it for 10 years 10 years a lot of children a lot of young people now here's an interesting question so in that effort with all of those people coming from the outside kids coming in the school did you win any of those people to the Lord no did we think we would Yes, but the reality was no. So the idea of keeping it going for the potential that we might reach somebody was weighed in the balance. And a conclusion had to be drawn and a limit set. And we closed the school. Those that were involved in the ministry of the school, they still dream from time to time and wish they could be experiencing that again. But we can't. It had its time and it had its season. It served its purpose. Now, now the times are changing. Now the dynamics in our world are changing and there are people finding a place of repentance quickly, rapidly. I I think the idea of... Somebody said... No, I I guess I saw it in a post. Stop. Why don't you stop arguing with Christians and reaching for the lost. (laughs) In other words... Uh, Rather than using your time up debating the scripture with people to no end, reach for the lost. Now, I want to come back to this availability part. I know that our lives can be so consumed, we just don't have time. Our time is eaten up, unless it's not. Now, I got some time. I mean, I'm, I'm busy. I could be busy every day, but there's priorities that I've made, and the Lord stretched them. He stretched them when he had me flying to Florida, because I remember the time he spoke to me when I was leaving Wapato and driving back over the pass. He said, you had all that, you know, you ran back and forth to. Florida for those two years are you as willing to drive back and forth over this pass and of course my reply is and we're discussing this why not knowing what was just ahead in the future I remember in a prayer meeting in Puyallup when the Lord spoke to me and he said don't take Yakima out of your spirit Well, it ain't over until it's over. We have got to come to the place that we live our lives this way. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We work for Him. We live for Him. And He can be very inconvenient at times. That's just the way He is. He's very inconvenient, but he's still. There's no greater fulfillment. I don't know how you can call it a sacrifice. Availability. Somebody said to me a long time ago. If you need somebody to do a job. Find somebody who's busy. And I thought, what? That's kind of opposite, ain't it? Don't you want to find somebody that's not busy? No, no. People who are busy will find a way. You know, years ago. We had a business of selling paletas. Paletero, Paletero, Vance, Weaver, right there. And we would say, man, we can help these people in the church that aren't working. Well, what we learned was there's reasons why people aren't working for extended periods of time again i'm busy i got a lot of stuff going but i cannot wait to get into the car tomorrow night and drive two hours one way for an hour and a half with a couple and drive two hours home i can't wait i can't wait i've been down this road before
2: Done too. I just want to read this verse Jeremiah seventeen ten. Jeremiah seventeen ten. the heart i try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings now i just i'm just going to give you enough to tell you that those reins are not the same reins that you put on a horse that you, what they really are, we're going to have to go and find out later. But I say we, I intend to, and I hope you do as well. He's, he's not the he's not the driver of a horse, and you're not his horse, and he's not pulling you this way and pulling you that way. That's where my mind goes when I hear that. And honestly, that, I've heard it many times, and that's what I think of it. But it's not. It's internal. I'm, he's trying what's going on in here. He's testing and he's examining what's going on in here to give to every man according to the fruit of his doings. I'll just, I'll try to sum that up this way. If you don't do anything, don't expect to get anything. That's, that's as plain as I can put it. Jesus, Lord, we put our minds on you, Father. Father lord i pray that you would search and examine us lord you know each one of us god you know the internal you know the external god you know all that's taking place in our lives and around us lord jesus we live in situations where you've put us you've brought us to this time and this day in this hour father you've put us here for a reason for a purpose god Jesus, and I believe that you are examining, I believe that you are searching the intent, God, of every heart. You are examining the intention of every spirit, every soul, God, and you know the desire. You see the desire, Lord Jesus. God, and this is your nature to give, Lord, according to what you see, to give, Lord, to reward according to what you see. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I make myself available to you right now. Jesus, I give you my time, my resources. I give you my possessions, Lord Jesus. All that I have, Father, it belongs to you, and I only have it because you've entrusted it to me for a season. Jesus, in your name... Lord, in Your name, have Your way in us, Father. Have Your way in us, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Come on, with your eyes closed, why don't you just signify it by opening your palms, opening your hands to the Lord. I give You all that I have, Father. I surrender all that I have to You, God. It all belongs to you, Jesus. It all belongs to you, Jesus. I'm withholding nothing, God. I'm not holding anything back for myself, God. I'm not looking through a place of pride, Lord Jesus. I'm not looking through a place, Lord, of self preservation, but I'm giving it all to you, Father. I'm giving it all to you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh, we need you, God. We need you, God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Jesus, I give you all. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for the privilege to serve. I thank you for the privilege to minister, the privilege to give. Lord of ourselves, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. With God, there is nothing impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll encourage you. Take this, what the Lord is saying to us tonight. Let him just continue to replay it in your mind and in your spirit, even as you go about the rest of your evening tonight, your day tomorrow, your week. Just let the Lord remind you. It's all his. It's all his. I say let the Lord remind you. I'm encouraging you to remind yourself so he doesn't have to remind you. Remind him that you know here it is, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Elder Heart Bishop, for ministering to us tonight. Praise God. Um, Just want to remind you to keep Sister Rose Weaver in prayer. She's still in the hospital. We're thankful that the Lord's hand is upon her. I did get to visit her Sunday evening in the hospital and uh, just get to see how she's doing and and she can use our prayers. Pray for her. Pray for the doctors, the nurses. Pray for Brother Vance and the family there. Amen. Pray for Sister Kayla. She's recovering as well. Tomorrow is a week to the day, I believe, right? And uh, the injury that she's sustained, the Lord's healing her. She's recovering. I'm thankful to God that his hand's upon her. Pray for the Mays family. Amen. Remember our hike Saturday, it's going to be fun. We're going to leave.